This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah! Praise God, praise God, praise God. Dad and Mom, there are no words that cannot say how much we thank you for this. 40 years. And I know when you spoke about rewinding back to that gift of tapes, if I took my life and rewound it, it was when I walked into this household of faith. And Dad and Mom, Janine and I, thank you so much on behalf of our church, the Bay Christian Family Church, and of course, all the other pastors here as well. We appreciate you so much. Amen. And I also want to give my wife honor today. Thank you, darling, for walking the road with me. We are one. We call together, and she has stood by us, with us together. It's not just me doing the work. It is us together. And I wouldn't be what I am if it wasn't for her. Amen. And so, come on, let's give Jesus praise and thanks for that. Love you, precious. Father, we've come today ready and expectant to hear from heaven. I know that you are the word and where we gather, you are there in our midst. And I only want to say what you have to say. It's my privilege to be a voice to your word today. And I thank you that by your grace, I may speak your word with clarity and accuracy. As your word goes forth, you're ignited with your presence. Take it deep into the heart of every hearer, which causes faith to rise and dispels every form of fear. As minds are renewed to your word, understanding replaces confusion. I believe that each and every one of us today are transformed from glory to glory. For this we give you alone the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Family, if you're ready to receive, would you shout amen? amen. Praise God as you see to open your Bible at Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Now, I need to say something here, and that is when you hear all the speakers speaking, you do know we don't have a little convention just before the conference and sort out who says what. That's why you find the speakers getting up and saying, hey, that was in my notes, that was in my notes. And King James here was preaching the first half of my message, so he saved me a lot of time, and I can just move into where we need to go today. What dad has been speaking about has also cleared the table for me. And all I need to do is say, there it is, just eat it. Because we're going to go somewhere where I believe God is taking us, which we need to know. As you've been hearing, we know that in the nation today, we are facing tremendous challenges. Tremendous battles in so many different arenas. Let me see how many of you here today, seated here, have experienced more attack than you've ever had in your past. It seems like every demon on the planet has been reassigned to your house. Let me just see your hand. Now just keep it up for a moment. Keep it up. I want you to look around and notice you are not alone. Why is that? Well, family of God, we know that the devil does not want to see God's plans come to pass. God has called you for greatness. God has called you for an awesome time to walk in His life. And just as Pastor Warren spoke about the process, sometimes we have this idea that when we Christians, all of a sudden, all our problems are over. If we ever got that idea, if anybody told you now that you're a Christian, it's just a wonderful walk in the park, all your problems are over, they lied to you. Now, I don't know if they lied on purpose or whether it was through ignorance, but that is not the truth. Jesus did tell us, in this world you will have 
Tribulation. Did he say that? Did he say that? Why are we shocked when it happens then? He said you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Now the King James uses that verse quite often, be of good cheer. I can't imagine Jesus saying, be of good cheer. It, you know, if I can put it in a way it's easier to understand. Trouble's coming. Get excited. Oh, you don't believe Jesus? Jesus said, trouble's coming. Get excited. Just hang in there. By the end of this message, you're going to look forward to your next attack. Because here's what we've got to understand. When God called Noah into the ark, it was because a storm was coming. A flood like the earth had never yet experienced. And we get the idea, you know, from Sunday school books, is this nice cute little ship with a giraffe head sticking out and an elephant looking over the edge. That is not how it was built. It was built like a submarine. It was completely enclosed. That thing had to withstand tremendous storms. You must understand when the flood came, it was billions of liters falling out of the air. It, there was flood and, and rivers Continents were being shaped, mountains were being formed, there was turmoil, a wave could go over that ship and it wouldn't sink it. So Noah and his family were safe in the ark, but they could feel the waves, but it didn't hurt them. Oh, come on, you got to get a... Get a, a revelation, yeah. Things are happening around you, and you're feeling the buffeting. Your shield of faith is to quench every fiery dart. There are fiery darts coming, but boom, you'll feel it. Boom, you'll feel it. Boom, you'll feel it. But it won't touch you. It won't hurt you. God has developed a system that protects you. Hallelujah. And so, family of God, we have to renew our minds. We are kingdom citizens. We are kings and priests. Jesus is the king of who are those kings? We learned earlier that is you and me. Romans 5.17 says that if you receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, you will reign in this life. The Passion Translation puts it this way. You will rule as kings. Rule as kings. Say, I am ruling as a king. See, we are here to demonstrate the kingdom lifestyle. See, when Jesus did miracles, you remember he fed 5,000 men and women? Now, there was food left over, 12 baskets, but you notice it wasn't enough. They, they would never have to need for bread ever again. They would need to have bread again. So the miracle wasn't for permanent provision in full abundance so you could see it. And they carried around loaves of bread everywhere they want. Because he did it again for the 4,000. You remember when he was on the boat? And then he challenged, he told the disciples about beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they said, well, it's because we didn't bring any bread. And Jesus says, oh, guys, I'm not, were you not there when I said, fed the 5,000? And the 4,000. In other words, when a miracle happens, it is enough for your moment. But you also know that that's not your last miracle. Let me see. How many of you ever had a miracle before? How many of you reached a point where you knew if God didn't come through here, it was over. You were done for. And yet God came through. Can I see your hand? Did it happen once? 
Did it happen twice? Three times? More? That means your last miracle was not your last miracle. Oh, come on. You got to give Jesus praise today. Hallelujah. Family, you've been born as a king. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, Where the word of the king is, there is power. Say that. Where the word of the king is, there is power. See, when you start thinking like a king, you change the way you act. King's decree. See, commoners, they moan and complain about what we don't have, what we can't eat, what we can't drink, what we're going to can't wear. But a king decides what's happening in the kingdom. A king decrees what needs to happen. The word says in Job chapter 22 verse 28, Thou shalt decree a thing, it'll be established unto thee. How you remember King Darius when Daniel was raised into prominence and the other governors got offended and were jealous of him? They managed to con King Darius into writing a law under the laws of the Medes and Persians that could not change. Once the king had decreed, it could not change. And so even when Daniel continued worshiping God, as much as Darius loved Daniel... He could not change what he had said. He decreed it and it was established. But he also knew, he said, now that you go into the den, your God will watch over you. He will look after you. Notice God didn't save him from the den. He still went into the den. But in the den, God shut up the mouths of the lions. And so when King Darius came back and said, Daniel, are you still in there? And he says, yes, sir, I am here. And he calls him out, and then he makes a new decree. Now, everyone serves this God who is mighty and powerful to deliver. The king decrees, and a thing is established. Let me see, are there any kings in here? Say, when I decree, it is established. Come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, what are the earthen vessels? That's our physical bodies. Now, we have a treasure in our earthen vessels. Everybody say treasure. Now, what treasure is this? Go back to verse 3. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Everybody say the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So here we see the gospel of the glory of Christ. That glory is that manifestation, as Pastor Nikki taught earlier, yesterday. The manifestation of the goodness of God. God's goodness, God's love, God's mercy, God's kindness, God's abundance, God's generosity, the glory of Christ. When the anointing is present, the glory shows up and will meet any need that still needs to be met. Now that is the gospel, the good news. But he speaks about the light of this good news. The revelation, everybody say revelation. 
verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your, our, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. We have this treasure. The treasure is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. You see, the moment you were born again, you received the full blessing of God. Everything you ever needed, it was already placed in you. I did not know that God would heal my wife until I heard it from the word of God. We can never receive anything from God outside of our knowledge of God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God doesn't just move in your life because he feels sorry for you. He moves to the level of the knowledge of the word that you have and choose to believe, choose to speak, and choose to act on. That's when you see the glory show up. That's when you see the power of God. That is the treasure you and I have within us. There is the treasure of the light of the knowledge, the revelation of the knowledge which you already know. You already have the full mysteries of the kingdom of God within you. Oh, let me say it another way. How many of you are born again? When you are born again, who came to live within you? Christ. Christ is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. How many of you know He knows all things? How many of you know Christ knows all things? The one who knows all things dwells within you. You already know it. You just don't know it. Everything you need is already within you. Hallelujah. Now, family, I want you to get a hold of something. Let me see. How many of you ladies here are married or engaged? Let me just see. Do you have a diamond ring? Who, who has a diamond ring here? Now, what would have happened if your fiancé or to-be, your boyfriend, proposed to you and he was down on his knee and he says, yeah, would you marry me? And you look down into the box and you're supposed to do that Instagram moment thing. And, and as you look at it, there's a black piece of coal mounted in the ring. How many of you would be excited? No one? You do know it's the same stuff. It's the same substance. Coal and diamond, graphite, it all consists of carbon. You didn't know that? You learn something new in church all the time. A diamond is carbon. Here's the difference. Coal is just simply a tree carbon substance that rotted away and then formed into carbon over time. A diamond is carbon that went through extreme pressure and extreme fire. That's what turned the carbon into diamond. The diamond is a precious stone because of the difference between it and the graphite is the diamond went through pressure and heat. Let me ask you, how many of you want to be a treasure, a diamond in God's hand? Let me see your hand. You do know you just voted for pressure and fire. 
You see, what you have placed in you, you have everything. The Bible says you have every spiritual blessing. You've been blessed with every blessing. Say that. The Word of God says that I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1 verse 3. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. His divine power has given us to us how many? All things that pertain to life and godliness. So you and I have been given this treasure. Now go back to verse 7. This treasure in earthen vessels, the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. How many want to see the treasure of God manifest in your life? You realize it's of God and not of us. You and I cannot do it. It's His work. Verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Can you hear the heart of this man? He says, shoot your biggest shot, sucker. I'm ready because it's not about me. It's Christ in me. And when, G when, when Paul got a hold of this revelation, he says, I glory in tribulation. I'm looking forward to the next fight. Why? Because it's not my power. It is his. I need another testimony. Pastors, I want to encourage you. When things start to happen and you're trying to build the church and God's working in you and through you, when troubles come, don't panic. Don't get upset. You need preaching material. Let God be God. Because every moment, whenever you attack and you go back to the Word of God, founded in God, knowing that He is for you, who can be against you? You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. When God is on your side, family, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And if you understand that and we press in, that's when you see the power of God manifesting. And that's when you see God's grace show up in ways that you could never imagine. And that grace is sufficient. How many you say amen to that? No matter what has come against you, family, understand that He's given you the way out. Look at verse 10. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may manifest in our body. Now, family, when it talks about the suffering of Jesus, you understand that he paid the full price. He said it is finished. So the suffering that we experience is not sickness and disease. He removed that. It is not poverty. He became poor that by his poverty we might be made rich. In fact, he became the curse that anything under the curse has been removed from you and me. So it's not like God's trying to teach us using these problems. No, what happens is the pressure that we experience is to stand in that victory. God doesn't bring the problems. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God has designed it that no matter what comes your way, if you would stand in Him, then He will take whatever the devil meant to harm you with, God will use that pressure to propel you and become everything He's called you to be. See, that's where people 
sometimes misquote Romans chapter 8.28. They say, you know, all things just work out for God's good. No, it's not what it says. Verse 28 says, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. So if we're not following God's purpose, we are outside on our own. But when you know that you are called according to God's purpose, then you will stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's the context of this whole chapter is where we intercede and the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. It's talking about a relationship with God. When you are in relationship with Him and you love Him, I don't care what the devil shoots at you. God will use that very thing that He meant to crush you with as a stepping block to take you higher. Come on, have you ready to go on up? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 says, We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction. Who wrote this? This is Paul. Our light affliction. This is a man who was beaten for the gospel. He was locked up in prison, in stocks. He was stoned. To the point of death, that means they checked to make sure he's dead before they left him. He was brought back. Come on. He, he went through major challenges, shipwrecks, bitten by a snake. Can someone here, has anyone here been through as many problems as what this man has? Has anyone here been stoned? I'm not talking about, you know, it's a, <laughs> with rocks. And yet he says, our light affliction. Everything he's been through, he considered a light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding and an eternal weight of glory. See, we don't look at the things which are seen. We look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are seen are temporary. The things which are seen are Temporary, bump your name and say, this is going to pass. But the things which are not seen are eternal. See, family, how do you view a situation of pressure? Is it a problem or is it an opportunity? We have to look at our situations as a king. See, one day there was this huge man, they call a giant, named Goliath. Out on the battlefield, and he's staring down the children of Israel, shouting for a challenger. I believe he was after Saul, because Saul was also a man, stood head and shoulders above the rest. So he was their champion. And that's the thing. If you can take a king out, that's a badge that they get to wear. And he's saying, I'm looking for Saul. If I'm white, I'm a champion. Come fight me. The whole of the children of Israel are hiding in their trenches and they are shaking. This young shepherd boy arrives bringing lunch for his brothers who are also warriors. And he looks around and says, what is going on here? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he dares to come against us? And they try to shut him down. Shh, shut up. We know the naughtiness of your heart. The naughtiness of his heart? 
See, when you start to stand for God, those that look like they're better qualified start to talk you down. You know what God has put in you. There's a treasure ready to come out. And they try to shut him down. They try to keep him quiet. And he looks out there and he says, Is there not a cause? This is kingdom business. This is kingdom's work. We are here for the kingdom's cause. And I've been called for such a time as this. What does the man get that takes down this giant? Everybody else saw a problem. This man sees a giant as his way up. What does the man get that takes down this giant and so everybody tries to talk him out of it he says I killed a lion and I killed a bear who's this guy he will be just like them see he's speaking he's not speaking everybody else sees a shepherd boy He's standing on that battlefield as a king. He's already walking in the fullness of his anointing. He's walking in that calling and he's decreeing ahead of time. This is what's going to happen to you, giant. You are coming down. And I don't even have to do it when everybody else using their weapons have failed. I'm going at him not in sticks and stones. I'm going in the name of the Most High God. And if God's with me, you are coming down today. Family, how do you see your problems? Run at them. He gets his stones and they start running. He doesn't walk out there wondering if this is going to work. He sprints towards his enemy. He goes running at him. And of course, his enemy shouts back at him. You come to me like a dog with sticks and stones. I'm going to crush you today. Family, when your problem starts to shout at you, it can sound louder than anything you've ever heard before. But you've got to know who you are. You are a king given God's anointing. You are a king given His assignment. And when you run at your enemy, you go in the name of the Most High God. And He takes that giant down, cuts the head off it. And he had victory. Now I need to ask you. How many giant killers were in the army of Philistine? How many giant killers? Not one. They had all the giants. They thought they were powerful because they had giants. Until David arrived on the battlefield, how many of Israel decided to kill the giants? Not one. But I want you to notice something. Once David took his giant down, you go read 2 Samuel chapter 21. All of a sudden, everybody could take on giants. 
This one killed a giant. That one killed a giant. This one killed a giant. Why? The king had decreed and they said, this can be done. I have someone who slayed a giant. What is a giant? I'm taking giants down. Family, I want you to know that Jesus came against the enemy and he took Satan down. He took and he conquered him, took the keys of hell from him, the keys of death, and he rose victorious. Now that he is dealt with the enemy he turns around to you and he says i have been given all authority in heaven and on earth now you go and do exactly the same just the same way jesus took down the devil you take down the demons in your life you resist them you run them off you do battle in the name of the lord god come on give jesus praise This is your victory. Jesus was hanging on the cross. Stay standing. Jesus was on the cross. There was a thief on his right and a thief on his left. And they both looked upon exactly the same Jesus. He's bleeding. Body stripped and broken. Thorns slammed into his head. The one thief looks on Jesus and begins to mock. You're supposed to be God. Why didn't you call us down? You can take us all out. He's mocking God. The other thief looks on Jesus and sees exactly the same Jesus. Same God. Says to the other thief, you don't know what you're talking about. We deserve to be here. This man doesn't. He looks at him and says, Master, remember me when you come into your kingdom. See, there are two thieves in our life. There's one is the thief of the past. Where was God? Why didn't he? You could have. Then we got the other one. We call it the thief of the future. One day when? When I have my building. When I have my car, when I have the money, when I have my wife or my husband, when? Remember me. Jesus says, today. 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 I'm bringing you a word today, family. You don't worry about your past. That is a thief. That is the enemy. He's trying to remind you of where you've come from. You are no longer that person. You are dead. You are alive in Christ. And one day you will be in heaven. And one day you'll see the plans of God come to pass in your life. But right now, your victory is not then. Your victory is here today. Come on, give your Jesus praise. Say, I have my victory. Say, I have my victory. Today, I am a giant killer. I am more than a conqueror. As a king, I conquer in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.